Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission at Connect Church is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information on who we are and how we're doing just that, visit myconnectchurch.cc. Hey, Connect Church. This is Pastor Blake. I'm here with Pastor Trevor and Pastor Blaine. And in January and February, we talked a lot about not only doubt, but specifically doubt in terms of God's Word, why we can trust it, why we can literally hinge our lives on it. Um, on Wednesday nights and homeworks, Pastor Blaine talked about it, and then Trevor talked about it on Sunday morning. So tonight we just wanted to revisit it, go over kind of what you guys discussed, what you talked about, and also just to give kind of a snapshot of it and a reminder of why we can trust Scripture and why we can, again, literally hang our life on it. Well, one of the things that, that this is uh, blame, but one of the things that <clears throat> I guess it's the, the most asked question or the most challenged issue I find in, in our faith is like if you can't trust the authority of Scripture, then everything else is kind of up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's creation and that impacts marriage and family relationships and then that impacts, you know, what Jesus taught and then all of a sudden you've got this. So the authority of God's Word really is everything. And as a pastor, I have that conversation quite often, and I find that there are a lot of arguments that are based on like straw men, like the, the question itself isn't a true question. You know, like, well, what do you do about this, or this inconsistency, or this inerrancy, or man wrote the Bible, or what do you, you know, with, you know, the, the history of the Bible is so unknown that unsaved, unregenerated people are talking with authority and God's own people are not talking with authority. Mm, that's right. So what I wanted to do is to kind of put just a, a few apologetic arguments in God's people's mouth so that if they hear these things at the water cooler or if they hear them in their cubicle or if they you know, hear people, the neighbors or whatever talking about their reasons why they're not believers, I kind of wanted our church to be able to say, well, actually, you know. So, so that was kind of my motivation, and, and I struggled for uh, early on in, in ministry of, of, with, with this. And I see, um, you know, at, at the risk of sounding a little judgmental, uh, churches now, denominations even, that, that have shifted their approach to Scripture. And, and watching over the last 25 to 30 years, watching, watching the churches, like the trajectory is just going the wrong direction. And it all has to do when they change their view of the authority of Scripture. So, so for me, that's, I, I, I just kind of wanted to walk it out. Like, where did it come from? How can we know for sure that we can trust it? And even more specifically, like the translation itself, uh, like the English translation, where does it come from? And, uh, and so that's, that was kind of my motivation for, for teaching. It's like the revelation of God is one thing, but once it gets disseminated through people with personalities and how God preserved it, I just think there's a lot that Christians don't know. And so they're left to just trust stories or people or pastors. And uh, I just think we're coming upon a, a time in the church's history where trusting a person's opinion about something is not going to be enough to sustain their faith. Right, and if that and if that authority isn't already established, 
then it's not a pick and choose. You read a self-help book and go, oh, this works for me, this doesn't work for me. It, it, with Scripture, it's not that way. It either is or it isn't. And not to mention, it's, it's a book, the newest parts of it were written 2,000 years ago. You know, So it, why can't I trust it? Why can't I lean into it? Why is it something I can hang my life on? And a lot of people have a problem with the authority of that, but they'll give authority to everything else in their life, but not the Word of the Creator which created all of us. So that's exactly right. And uh, one of the things that I tried to work through in, in, on Sunday mornings is, is dealing with that question, that burning question that people deal with about if I can trust the Bible and, and really just in a broader scale of dealing with doubt. And I think that a lot of people have significant questions about whether or not the authority of Scripture is, is something that can have authority over their lives, but that's rooted in whether or not that it's historical, historically reliable, whether or not that the words that were penned were the actual words that we have today. And I think a lot of people have questions about that. I had a fifth grader yesterday in Sunday school uh, who, in the middle of my lesson, just out of nowhere said, hey, Mr. Trevor, how can I trust the Bible? And, and I think it's across generations. Everybody is, is wondering this. And so uh, I talked about Thomas, and, and uh, he gets a bad rap, uh, and people think that he is this guy that is just full of doubt constantly, but he's really a faithful man who had just a moment. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that what any of us would have yeah, had. Right, and, <laughs> right, we would have been the same people. The only reason the disciples were so confident and excited is because they got to see Jesus themselves. Because they went to church on week one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, uh, and so I think for, for us, like we probably relate more to Thomas than any of the other disciples, especially if you have questions. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, I wanted to almost... But Jesus, but Jesus wasn't afraid of that doubt. And I love right. that too, like specifically yeah. with Thomas. It's like Jesus walks in the room and gave Thomas exactly what Thomas said he needed. Exactly. Right. That's what the Word of Jesus right. does. And right. both both of you I'm have sorry. said this before in that, and I've heard Blaine said a lot about, you know, God is not afraid of your questions. Mm -hmm. And again, if, if it is, like, ask your questions because if you are going to base your life on this, you need to be willing to ask questions. Like, again, Thomas said, hey, listen, I've got to have proof. Okay. Yeah, that's the case. And again... A lot of times we don't we don't hang so much on it. Maybe culturally we're fine with it just being like, hey, I'll I'll trust God with eternity. I don't trust Him with the next moment. Like, yeah, God will help me. I get to go to heaven. That's great. But I'm not going to pray about this little this issue in my life. I'm going to handle it on my own. And what inevitably that does is it's not us putting authority in Scripture. We're trying to keep God distant and away. But the way we bring God closer to us and have that intimate relationship is through His Word, spending time studying, understanding, and trusting that it is what it says it is. Well, I don't want to get lost with Thomas, but Thomas is like this is like he's every man, right? So right. it's like you know I'm not going to believe Peter either, yeah. right? right? Peter saw Jesus. Peter is not doubting Jesus, he's doubting Peter's testimony. Right. So, But once you have an interaction with not the pastor or not the eyewitness, but with Jesus himself, it changes everything. And that's what I right. think like the authority of God's Word is so important. It's like, I need a personal experience, and I don't think it can be found outside of Scripture because that's what the Holy Spirit uses to transform us. Right. And, and of course, His own Word. And the Gospel has a transformative power and without experiencing that relationship with Jesus, without experiencing that transformation within our hearts, then Paul talks about that that you're going to be confused. The scriptures, not, you're not going to be able to understand scripture. It's foolish, actually. Yeah, it's foolish to that person. Uh, and so the first step towards understanding more about scripture, especially if you have questions, is to buy into your relationship with Christ. Uh, that's the number one way that you can. 
uh, enhance your wisdom about the Word. Well, Paul, t- Paul talks about a man named Clement working with him in, in some of the churches. And then history talks about Clement as well. And then you've got John Chrysostom, and you've got uh, Justin Martyr, and you've got all of these early church pastors, Polycarp, not spoken of, Irenaeus, not spoken of in the Scriptures. But, but we have lots of their sermons, and their sermons really tell us what they believed was the authority. I mean, it's not 400 years later that these things are ordained. It's 400 years later they put the stamp on it. Right. But the very first generation were already quoting every chapter but two uh, of the entire Bible that we have. So we, we know why a, a certain book belongs or a certain book doesn't based on what the very first church had already put together. I think it's important for Christians to know that. Why do we believe these are the books? Well, my preacher said so. Well, that might not be good enough when you're, you're facing persecution. Right. I want to know which books are worth dying over. Right. Because they did. Because they did. Yeah, for. right. And, and it's because they were all eyewitnesses. That's, that's one of the biggest reasons that I trust the, the Gospels and, and the Epistles is that they were all wit- eyewitnesses during the time of other eyewitnesses. That's really, really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, these aren't just uh, documents that are made up fairy tales uh, that have been fabricated to fit some narrative and agenda. These are these are true historical, a collection of artifacts and documents that are telling the truth about reality, right? Uh, not not some fairy tale. And I think that's really something that a lot of, especially in the secular world, there's this picture that's painted about the scriptures of this supernatural, unbelievable, in a sense that like, literally we can't believe it. It's outside of what can be explained by science. And so as a result, we're just going to, as a presupposition, we're going to not believe anything that it says other than maybe some moral teaching. But if we only accept the Bible as some moral teaching, uh, then it it doesn't have the right authority in our lives. Uh, The gospel explains something that miraculously happened, uh, and that's that Jesus died on a cross, and that through the cross it brings transformation. Uh, and even that in person, like our personal lives, is a miracle in and of itself. So that we're filled with the Spirit and we, uh, we get to experience the, the fruit of that and uh, get to be a part of the body um, so that we can ha- be in right relationship with the Lord. And that's through the, the being justified by our faith uh, and being sanctified every single day in our, in our relationship with the Lord. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson famously cut out all of the supernatural stuff in the Gospels, but would talk about how, you know, Jesus is the greatest moral teacher we've ever had. You know, Plato, Socrates, those guys were nothing compared to Jesus. And honestly, true, a lot of the things he was saying specifically culturally were incredible and are still and are obviously valued today. We know why they're valuable, but even people in society will find them valuable. But he also made a lot of claims that if aren't true undercuts everything. Mm-hmm. You know, he made the claim, I'm the Son of God. You know, he, was, he died. He took our punishment, but also was resurrected, defeating that punishment. Everything we believe as Christ followers hinges on that. That was, you know, the, I think Russell Moore called it like the apex of history. That was where history turned, you know. So we have to trust that what it says is true, what it says is real. And you also have to read it in, in that way of, Lord, how is this going to change me today? Not only that, but I, I know when my personal time, um, which everybody does it differently, you know, my wife, Audrey, she reads late at night because that's when she, she, you know, that's when her mind's going. I have to read it in the morning. If I try it at night, I don't, I'm not nearly as 
as open and awake in order to intake what I'm reading. But I'll also learn as I've begun reading it, I've been seeing how the Holy Spirit has been teaching me through reading it for the moment, in that moment, as I walk through, oh, I'm dealing with this situation and this applies to that. So rather than going through and going, I read a chapter a day and I'm good, which by the way, I read about a chapter a day, but going through and saying, God, how are you trying to teach me in this moment? Because it is alive and active. It's not just a book to go back to and be like, oh yeah, so that one really good, th- or that's a good quote. That's the-. No, it is God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to uh, one of our members this morning, she was talking about, I struggle with Leviticus. I sh- and she goes, and I know there's got to be a reason for Leviticus. So I continue to read it and I focus, but I struggle. Well, th- there is a reason for it. There is purpose behind it. Um, and if we if we come in open minded, expecting the Holy Spirit to change us, he'll 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 change us through our reading of the Word. Um, it'll supersede our culture or supersede our our past or our background, whatever, and it will teach us in those moments. So, well, those things I think are are really you know like the the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in you know through through the Word is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of you, you can't really deny it. In fact, that's that's kind of the litmus test for is it real or not. Right. But the mechanics. For me, it's like, okay, well, I trust that God revealed it, transmitted it, you know, maybe even the first writers, you know, that's legit. But we don't have that. Right. And so how do we know? It's like once it gets into the hands of people who have some responsibility, I think that's when people are like, you know, copyist errors or how do we know for sure? Or, mm-hmm. or, you know, so even now, like people, the Bible that people carry around will have marginal notes. It'll say in the earliest manuscripts, it doesn't include this or that. So it just it's casts pretty that. honest. Right. It, 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 it which, is which, honest. by the way, I, I would say that that's a good thing. I love right? it. If, I think if it there is are, honest. I think there are six to seven of those moments in Scripture where it's like, hey, we're not sure about this passage. Mm-hmm. It might or might not be uh, a part of the early manuscripts. Mm-hmm. And it just shows the integrity that's being put forth in order to make sure that, hey, like we're, we're not just dealing with any other book here. Right. We're dealing with God's Word, right. and we're taking it seriously. And we want you to know that there is a chance that there could be. We're not saying there right. even is, but there could be a possibility of some sort of variant or uh, inclusion or exclusion of this right. passage. And none of those affect doctrine, right. like major right. Bible doctrine. So that's I think right. that's important too. But like, like the painstaking work of copying... You know, I spent a little bit of time t- talking about that. You know, once it did get in the scribes' hands, copyists' hands, you know, the rules that these guys had to follow yeah. were incredible. They're pros. I mean, like if two letters touched each other, the whole page is done. Yeah. They had special formula for ink so that they could know, is that one of ours or is that a forgery? You know, I mean, it's not just like guys like us sitting in a room, you know, making right. our kids a copy. Uh, they're they're really rigid, and, and if there were an error, they couldn't be thrown away. They because they might you might get them out of the garbage. Right. You know they're locked away in a certain room in a certain yeah. building, and this is uh, it's pretty incredible when you get to the history of it. But if you're just talking to an un, a skeptic uh, at work and they start throwing out things, you don't know that you might you might be suckered into thinking, "Well, I never thought of it that way." And, and even, not even true. Even if you read through the Old Testament, a lot of time you'll see a little like. Uh, a little spot where you look down and it says the Hebrew the Hebrew meaning is unknown. Mm-hmm. But most of the time it's for a specific instrument or it's for, and like you said, it doesn't change the doctrine. It's not wrecking everything, but it's 
it's pretty transparent. Again, and you also talked about, which I appreciated that, it's not like we had, well, King James Version, and then this one was taken from that one. And this one, you know, again, the game of telephone, you actually right. did that during service. It really is, hey, these are our earliest manuscripts. We're confirming all of this, and then we're going to translate it from that, um, which There's I think is super important. multiple lines of yes. transmission, yes. Uh, and we're only a, a step or two away from the original yeah, manuscripts, yeah. Uh, which, you know, the earliest being the John Rylands manuscript from very early in the mm -hmm. second century. Right. Uh, and so, you know. And there's not another book that even comes not even close. close. Yeah, Homer's the Iliad is a, a literary marvel in terms of the ancient world. And I'm not it, sure Homer really wrote that. <laughs> yeah, right, here we go. Uh, and, and, but the, the time gap there is 400 years. That's right. four times or and more. how many copies was it? Uh, brought, was it eight? Yeah, not very many. Yeah. No, the Homer's Iliad has, uh, it's over 100. Okay, yeah, but, but, in yeah. but in comparison to 25,000. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. There, the New Testament, especially in, in terms of, if you were to go into a college uh, classroom, uh, the, the, work, the literary work that's going to be at question is not going to be any of those secular works. It's going to be the Bible. Right. Uh, but if we take this test, and I walked through it that Sunday about um, the dating, the time gap, the distance between the original manuscript and the manuscript that is available to study today, uh, that time gap, the, the accuracy, whether or not they're consistent between uh, the manuscripts that we have available, uh, and the abundance, the, uh, the number, the overwhelming number of manuscripts that we have, all of those, if you take all of those tests and, and use those to test the the reliability of the New Testament documents alone. It's the most reliable work in all of antiquity. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think, I think Christians I in think, our church can be encouraged by that. I read a thing one time that's like, there is more proof that Jesus said what he said and that it was captured accurately mm -hmm. than there is that Abraham Lincoln actually gave the Gettysburg Address. Right? Nobody yeah. questions whether or not Lincoln was there. No. <laughs> but there's a lot less evidence that right. Lincoln did that or the Emancipation Proclamation. And, and, and By the I, way, I think that Lincoln probably did. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to get into the conspiracy theories on this particular podcast, but uh, but but at the same time, like, and part of part of the benefit of these. Um, apologetic type lessons and all is we like Blaine said at the water cooler we want you to be able to defend your faith and walk through that but at the end of the day there's still that aspect of faith mm -hmm. there's still that idea of faith so if you're just reading it like a book going well this book is accurate mm -hmm. okay read it with the faith of knowing that it is the word of our Creator because again all everything that we've said just proved that hey it's dependable from this moment mm -hmm. But at the same time, the beautiful thing about the Word of God is that it's unlike any other document or anything else in the world where the Holy Spirit teaches us through it. It changes us. I forget which, which pastor, church father said something along the lines of, it's a puddle that a lamb can walk through and a lake that an elephant can swim in. Mm -hmm. You can read the same story 20 times and God will teach you each and every single time yeah, through that story. That, yeah. So, and again, you could give all three of us three separate passages and mm -hmm. we could all preach very different messages that, were, that none of them were wrong about that. That's the beauty of God's Word. And once again, the Holy Spirit will often teach you something in the moment that you're reading um, for a circumstance in your life as well. well for for 2,000 years, men and women have seen the value of Scripture, the transformative value, and believed that we should have it in our hand. Mm -hmm. And have, even up to 400 years ago, burned at the stake so that we could. That's right. I figure we could at least get up out of bed 15 minutes early mm. to spend some time in it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and taking that time of 
or 20, uh, 20 maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. And, 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 you know, taking that time of rest and not just not doing it passively, but uh, doing it in an intentional, purposeful way. I, like, for instance, I have to only within the last three or four years have I learned the most effective way for me to read Scripture. And I have to start by saying, Lord, teach me, clear my mind, giving all of that, all the anxiety, all the shopping lists or what I have to do for the day, all that. I have to ask the Lord to take that from me and let me be in this moment and read uh, what He has for me in this particular day. Um, and I can tell you that Again, the Lord's faithful to give you that if you're wanting that. If you say, man, I'm, it's hard for me to sit down and to focus on it. Well, give that to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the enemy doesn't want us to. The enemy doesn't want us to, to sit there and to focus on God's Word. So he's going to give you every distraction. But the good thing is the Lord's far more powerful than he is and can take those things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, do that. Take that time. Take that time to meditate on it. Journal on it. Underline. If you have questions, once again, God's not afraid of your questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, talk to one of us, talk to you know your connect group leader, talk to your Bible study leader, uh, and we will, if we don't know the answers, we'll find the answers yeah. for you in that. Yeah, two unhealthy ways of dealing with your questions is to apathetically just cover over it like right. it doesn't exist, uh, and also just to dramatically concede to them. Uh, and so a, a healthy way to do it is to find people that you trust, to allow Scripture to be the authority, right? right? Uh, and and to actually attack and pursue those questions. Yeah, don't live in shame. That's I mean, right. Everybody feels shamed when they ask a question, or I should know that by now. But right. you know, the thing about it is, I, I there is I don't I think there's not a chance that anybody could ask a question about Scripture that surely in the last two thousand years That's somebody right. else hasn't asked. Right. So church, uh, we just want to take a moment just to remind you of this. I want to remind you to uh, live in the Word, stay in the Word. It, it, these are important for you to learn about why Scripture is important, but ultimately we can prove all day why it's right and good and dependable. But if you're not reading it, like Blaine said, you know, surely we can get up a little bit earlier and read it. But if you're not reading it, then all of it's for nothing. It'll change your life. It'll transform you. It'll teach you. It'll guide you. It will do all of that. We love you, church. We hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks for spending time with us at the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information on who we are and how we're doing just that, visit myconnectchurch.cc.